Welcome to the Jungle Thoughts Podcast, where you'll hear Abe Shamali's hot takes on Amazon, e-commerce, and more. And more. With 30 years of selling experience, 20 years of selling online, and 10 years of selling on Amazon, he knows a thing or two. And now, here's your host, Abe Shomali. Hey there, everyone in podcast land. Today is July 31st, and welcome to episode three of Jungle Thoughts. For those of you that have been listening since the beginning, I appreciate every one of you, and you've been rewarded for your patience with much better sound quality today. I finally figured out some microphone stuff, some software stuff, and I even did an intro. If you like it, let me know. If you don't like it, let me know also, but uh, please be nice either way. So, we've got a lot to discuss this week. First, the tech titans come to Congress. On Wednesday, the CEOs of Google, Microsoft, Facebook, and Amazon all came to Capitol Hill to be grilled over possible anti-competitive practices. So exciting! So, first things first. There, were, there was a lot of nothing being said. Most of the answers were canned and said so that nobody gets in trouble. And why anyone could expect the titans of industry to incriminate themselves is beyond me, that's for sure. Of course, the other side consisted of politicians telling lots of anecdotes and horror stories about everything from restrictions of free speech to anti-competitive practices. You know, the usual. In general, I didn't expect to get much out of this, and to that end, I wasn't disappointed. That said, I did find myself thinking a little bit about the Amazon competition issue. Amazon started out selling books, and then lots of other stuff, but they always worked on a wholesale basis. They'd buy toothpaste from Colgate and sell it, they'd buy sneakers from Reebok or puzzles from Melissa and Doug and sell those as well. When they added third-party sellers to the marketplace, that was a welcome addition for obvious reasons. First of all, the selection of products on Amazon increased a lot, and prices had the possibility of going down with competition, though of course hard-to-find items also went way up in price. Still, Overall, prices were lower. Amazon remains the place to get price, to get products very cheaply. And in, for, with items that are hard to get, Amazon still remains the place to get it, even if the price is high. When something is out of stock everywhere, somebody's selling it on Amazon. And it's usually new. So overall, that still works pretty well. Now, pretty soon into this whole marketplace story, private label products became a thing, and then they became a vital part of the market. Third-party sellers would sell generic items cheaply on new listing pages, and soon after that, they started customizing and improving products. Great. Things like silicone barbecue gloves and fidget spinners came to market quickly, and it was usually a good thing. Maybe not so great in the case of exploding hoverboards, but overall, pretty good. Of course, Amazon noticed those sales trends and decided to jump into things with Amazon Basics and other brands that they owned. This immediately led to complaints of Amazon undercutting established sellers with knockoffs, as well as Amazon using data that should have been confidential in order to beat down third-party sellers as well. Now, I've always been of the opinion that there wasn't really much to complain about. Store brands have always been a thing, and those brands have always been based off the top sellers. From Walmart to supermarkets to discount shoe stores, seeing what sells and doing it cheaper is nothing new in the world. I'm actually surprised that Walmart has never been called to Congress to testify about the other unpleasant things they do in business. What's different here is a couple of things. 
First, many sellers are small mom-and-pop operations or people selling out of their garage or basement that came onto Amazon thinking that this was going to be easy, it was going to be fun, and Amazon is their friend in business. Finding out how big business really works is a rude wake-up, and those loud complaints inevitably follow. Also, Amazon has more information than anyone in business has ever had before, so they can do things with more detail and on a smaller scale than anyone has ever seen before. You know, it's easy for someone with a product that's their baby to feel targeted and maliciously, but that's really not the case. In reality, people with larger companies all know that copycats are part of business, and they all have to figure out the balance between fighting and lawsuits and sometimes just moving on. Store brands have never prevented brand owners from being able to make plenty of profit over time, and despite the complaints, the sellers that take their business seriously on Amazon are doing pretty well. The court of opinion, the court of public opinion, probably doesn't love hearing stuff like this, but they do like low prices and fast delivery, so that's probably what's going to win out in the end. Now, during those hearings, a couple of other things were mentioned, including counterfeits. The politician seemed stunned that a counterfeit could make its way to Amazon and get sold. It was suggested by one of the politicians that Amazon should be able to verify the authenticity of every single piece of merchandise that gets sold on Amazon. Now, I'm sorry, but that's literally impossible. As soon as you start involving distributors, even authorized ones, the possibility of inauthentic merchandise entering the supply chain becomes a reality and a possibility, and that chance gets multiplied when you add third-party sellers. Gets even worse. There are plenty of brands and buyers that don't even know what counterfeit means and yell counterfeit if a box sat on the shelf and came to them dusty, or if a seller doesn't like a product being too cheap and reports things sold by others as being counterfeit. These have nothing to do with counterfeits, but get thrown into the mix anyway. So I think it was a little bit overblown when they had a whole conversation about counterfeits and started accusing Amazon of not caring or being okay with counterfeits being sold. You know, counterfeits are real, and they're a real issue, but I'm comfortable saying that Amazon is working pretty hard to prevent fake products from getting to shoppers. Next on today's agenda, COVID continues to affect business. Surprise, surprise. We've got two stories that are connected by the COVID threat. First, Google has announced that its workers can work from home for at least another year or well into 2021. Overall, I have to say that I really disagree with this. I understand the need for safety, but I think that there could and should be some balance between the latest health information we've got and between the need of businesses and people. At this point, work from home has been happening long enough that we've established some pretty significant drawbacks exist. Productivity slacks off as people get used to working at home, certain costs increase, collaborative work is hurt, and programs like mentorship and training go out the window. Some things simply don't work well remotely. Now, I don't think safety should go out the window. COVID is real and should be taken seriously. But that said, a company like Google should be creative enough to find work solutions that address all the company's needs and should act as a leader and example for other companies. In related news, CES 2021 has been moved to digital, which sort of means that it's been uh, canceled. Like with Google, I sort of think that a scaled-down CES should have been done in person and would have been a lot better than this digital solution that they came up with. A digital show hurts all the second-tier vendors that would hang around the edges of the show floor. 
Small wholesalers and manufacturers count on being able to catch someone's eye as they stroll by, and those random connections that they make can turn into a year's worth of business or a lifelong sales connection for these small vendors. I've definitely found high-quality vendors randomly in my selling days, and I would have never trusted any of them unless I could look them in the eye as we discuss business. That is all gone. I gotta tell you, I don't know when or how things are going to start going back to the way they were, but the sooner the better. Next, for those of you in the Amazon seller space, we've got a few different developments when it comes to advertising this week. First, negative ASINs are now possible. It's rolling out to all accounts gradually. For me, I've seen it in I've seen it active in product targeting campaigns, but not automatic campaigns yet. That might change soon. Others might already see it everywhere, but anywhere it gets added is a good thing. Next, sponsored display ads have some new changes, including more detailed reporting, some new negative targeting options, and best of all, the ability to target multiple ASINs in a campaign. I really hate uh, ad types that require you to do a single campaign per ASIN, so this is definitely very useful and welcome. Closing out the show, Dunkin' Donuts has announced that it's going to close 800 locations, which represents about 8% of their shops. I did some quick math and figured out that this means that Dunkin' has 10,000 locations. That is a lot of coffee. Apparently, America really does run on Dunkin', and even 9,200 locations leaves America pretty well caffeinated. Personally, I prefer my Keurigan Four Sigmatic coffee. They add mushrooms to help with brain functions, and uh, it's it's a combination that works. I definitely feel smarter after having my Four Sigmatic coffee. All right, that's all I've got for today. It is Friday afternoon, so if you're hearing this before the weekend, enjoy your weekend, and uh, maybe I'll put out another show next week. Bye for now.